Hello and welcome to the Rigori Podcast, the show that's as cool and composed as Federico Gatti in front of goal. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi and I'm joined in this most amazing of circumstances by my cousin Marco. Another winning week, Marco. Yep, top of the table still and we were top of the table alone for for a few hours at least. So yeah, it was... It's uh, an unprecedented season so far for Venezia, but I'm sure we'll get on to that. We will get on to that, we will get on to that, but we record on a Sunday night and let's, whilst the world probably is talking about Venezia's win over Ascoli, let's kick things off with the the reigning champions of Italy against, is it the future champions of Italy? Inter, a resounding, win, so, for, yeah. resounding win for Inter in two Wonderful, wonderful goals. To I mean, there were there were three goals altogether, but the last one from Marcus Thuram wasn't such a great goal. But the two goals, I mean, yeah. either one would have been worthy of of winning winning the game. Chalinoglu with a strike that I mean, you dream of. Only I've only seen Stephen Doby kick a ball as purely as that. And you uh, better remind our. our- the queen of this, yes, oh yes, ah yes, of course, yes. I'm realising that not everyone knows who Queen of the South are and Queen of the South legendary striker Stephen Doby, who scored a goal. I mean, not not quite like that, but the cleanest strike I'd ever seen of a ball. It was was a goal he scored against Aberdeen for Queen of the South in a cup tie that he lost. And the, the ball never rotated. That was the thing. It was so true. And and tonight, a uh, Hakan Chalanoglu probably aspiring to emulate his hero Doby, I would imagine uh, hit an absolute world and it never got more than about I don't know a foot and a half off the yeah, ground the technique the technique to do that I mean he does have that in his locker and then we Nicolo Barella I mean I, I laugh because I've I sort not a a discussion with somebody on social media recently about I mean I've not watched all Inter's games obviously but they were telling me that he'd had a disappointing season well if this is him disappointing, he certainly looked pretty good. He looked pretty good there to me. Um, a quick change of feet. I mean, I love it. He was crying out for the ball in the middle. Lautaro Martinez rolled it into his path. And then he did this sort of wonderful quick change of feet. Not not literally, yeah. obviously, because that would be medically amazing if he'd done that. But, you know, he switched the ball from one foot to another. And then he hopped back up to sort of celebrate the goal. Absolutely worldy of a goal and I actually thought that Napoli I mean commentators were saying oh this is a you know despair for Napoli but I actually thought there were some positive signs from it just that Inter were really good team in the first half yeah uh yeah no there were spells where I saw the old Napoli there I mean Mm -hmm. given you know that they were having they handicapped themselves by playing Natan at full back which seemed to be a a, a terrible, disastrous mm-hmm. experiment. You know, there were spells where I saw the old Napoli there. They just entered are very good and very ruthless and scored two amazing, amazing goals. But, you know, was and it... Sommer made some amazing saves. Yeah, well. uh-huh, yeah. As, I mean, as that well. save he made off Ozzy, I know he was offside in the end, but the one near the end of the game was an incredible save from, like, point-blank range. He changed his direction. And yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so they've definitely... I don't think there'll be too many Interisti looking over at Old Trafford and thinking, hmm, wish we'd kept Andre Onana because mm-hmm. Sommer's done a, a great job. It's just, a, it's just a good, good, solid unit now. And, and credit to Simone Inzaghi. I mean, we've got... Inzaghi's at 
either end of the Serie A table, I think, at the <laughs> moment, right, yeah. top, and, top and bottom. But, you know, he's done his apprenticeship at, at Lazio. And I think in the past I've criticised him for being conservative. For not, but now his team plays a very attractive brand of football when it when it can. It doesn't always. It's solid at the back as well. But, you know, they've got those wing-backs bombing forward that they love. Lautaro Martinez didn't get a goal tonight, but he's in he's in great form and they're they're a good good team to, and it was a good good game to watch yeah. as well, which I feel I mean I, I'm sort of starting to think there's like the teams that are fun to watch. I'd put Napoli into you know maybe Fiorentina you know into that bracket and and then there's other teams that are no fun to watch. Yeah. I'd put Juventus, Roma, and sadly Lazio as well. I think are pretty dull to watch at the moment but anyway the biggest thing the biggest takeaway from tonight I guess was you know that was was it a, a change in the guard do you think it was one baton being passed to the other or could Juve still have a say in all of this well I, I think Juve can definitely still have a say but for me you know we've often said in this podcast that Inter have a very strong squad probably the best squad in Italy and uh, it does seem like Gonzaghi now is able to get the best out of that that squad. Um, so yeah, for me they're the favourites. I still think that they will end up winning the league. Um, I suppose the only thing is that they've got Europe um, to concentrate on as well, whereas Juve don't. So that might still play a part towards the end of the season. But uh, I, I, yeah, I'm I'm pretty impressed with Inter, and I think they're you know I, I think of all the teams in Serie A. Not only are they, for me, the best team in Serie A, but they're also a team that can actually compete with the top teams in Europe as well. Yeah, I think they got a lot of confidence from that final, the Champions League final, even though they didn't win it. They went toe-to-toe with, you know, allegedly one of the best, well, not allegedly, with one of the best, let's not be so grumpy, um, one of the best teams in the world and, and didn't look you know out of their depth, yes they had to hang on in there at times but were a bit unfortunate to, to lose at the end and I think that's given them the confidence that they are a good team and they play with the confidence of a side that I think knows it's a pretty good team now and they, they, they've chopped and cheated, I mean I think that's the other thing is that you know they have lost some players, they've changed some players, but they still look like a good team. They've bought sensibly, so you know that makes them a strong unit, and they certainly they look a good they look a good bet to go on. And when they and as I say, I don't know the Walter Mazzari. Obviously, I think everybody knows that at Napoli that he's just a a stick in plaster solution. I wish I do wish Adam Summerton on BT Sport would stop suggesting Vincenzo Italiano would be <laughs> the, the perfect fit for uh, for for I mean, You probably say if De Laurentiis probably doesn't watch it. <laughs> well, I know that's true. Yeah, that's true. I, I suppose that's that is true. But you know, the the, the it, it can't be the only person that thinks that. You know, I think there was a school of thought in the summer actually yeah. that Italiano might take the Napoli job, and obviously, you know, that's. Um, still potentially there. I'm hoping at least he deliver a trophy in Florence before uh, before that before that day comes. Having having alluded to Juventus as Inter's only major title rival, I mean, I suppose it's it might as well mention they had an interesting clash with the with Monza on on Friday night. And well, I mean, it, it looked for all the world like they were they were going to win it with their 
classic 1-0. Um, Vlaovic missed a pick, which I thought was quite a soft penalty, if I'm honest. Um, had a penalty saved, but then it, it promptly, from I think from the resulting corner, Rabiot popped up with a with a nice header to give you the lead. And it went on and on and on. And then Monza got a late equaliser. And unfortunately for Roberto Gagliardini, ex-Interman, he celebrated a bit too soon because he didn't know that Juventus, it's never over till Max Allegri sings. And sure enough, in the 93rd, 94th minute, I mean, a goal of great... Fino Alafine, it's true. It is true. They did live up to their motto there because with, you know, amazing skill, Federico Gatti, as I alluded to in our intro, managed to trap the ball with his standing leg Produced, I mean, a wonderful dummy that looked for all the world like he was trying to shoot, but then set it up perfectly for himself to score the winner. And so there they are. I did read that quote somewhere or somewhere, somewhere on social media that said, if you put Max Allegri into a laboratory, if he fell over, he might find the cure for cancer. It just sort of got, it's just got, a, you know, Kulo is a great yeah, thing yeah. in football. Yeah. You know, luck, a bit of luck never did any harm. And certainly they are, I mean, I think Rabiot was the leader in that game and, you know, he scored one and I think he got the assist with it, you know, and he wasn't for losing and then there was a bit of bad blood between him and Gagliardini after the game. Um, it's a stupid spat on social, on social media, but it shows you know, a bit of good fortune. I mean, in the same manner as, uh, I don't know if you saw Roma's winner in, in their game at mm. the weekend, but, I mean, that was another one where the shot, I mean, Having Mourinho having sort of singled in on the referee to sort of say, why are they sending him? They then, Sassuolo got a man sent off, Roma got a penalty, yep. got everything he could have wanted. And well, he might say it worked then. Yeah, it? well, it did. It did yeah. work. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, it irks me to see it rewarded. And then a shot from Christensen that, I mean, maybe it was going in, but I doubt it, looped up off a, a poor a swallow player and into the net. But these are the things that, these are the things that they say, even as you say, Marco, that going back to Juve, that, you know, without the European um, pressures on them, maybe that squad is good enough to keep up the pressure on, because it certainly, it keeps getting results. And, you know, there are, and, and there are, you know, it's a good squad of players and, you know, whatever you might think of Allegri's brand of football, um, you know, he does know how to win a title. So he will, he will keep up the pressure. I don't think he'll throw away many points against no. the lesser lights. I think that's the bottom line. But but I do classify them as the not that much fun to although as I say that that goal was was worth it for uh, for comedy value if, <laughs> if if nothing else and it wasn't the only game with it, with late late goals because actually yeah. I'm looking I'm looking late at my Lecce, yeah. yeah I'm looking at my notes here and there were some there were some nutty ones I mean because yeah Lecce with a a penalty. On the goalkeeper. On the goalkeeper, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is just, which is just incredible. And I saw Thiago Motta moaning that you know the game should have been over, but I, I actually thought because I, I I did watch that game as the the early kick off on Sunday, and I didn't think Bologna didn't look as good as they've looked, and and I thought Lecce 
you know, if they got ahead early on, but then Liko Giannis, if that's the correct, or Liko Giannis possibly, scored an absolute worldie of a free kick, which was worthy of winning a game. But then, as you say, Lecce got their, got their reward lately on, sent up the goalie, and then he was put... And I think it, it, it had to go to VAR, didn't it? Because they, they didn't... Um, did they give an offside or something initially? I don't yeah, think they'd given think it. That's right, yeah. Okay. They hadn't given it, so then... And then Piccoli... Um, stepped up to to convert the the penalty. So exciting times, and then your man, your man Henri popped up for oh, a yeah. late late a late late equaliser for Henri. I for, was pleased for him for uh, Verona. So. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting game. I did want to just touch on that because it was quite an interesting oh, game to watch. Dong. It had it had one of the best overhead kicks I've seen for a long time. Yes, yes. It was sort of between three players. And well, it was a nice one, Cyril, I would say. <laughs> nice one, Cyril, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, uh, and and as well, Lorenzo Luca, the, the, one of the hopes of Italian football in terms of finding a striker for the national team, you know, he he, he finished well. He didn't start the game, so it no. wasn't... It wasn't Choffy's master plan, but he came on early on and managed to grab two goals. Yeah, so. yeah, no, he did, he did, and that was, you know, that was that was impressive, and it was it was a terrible misjudgment by Udinese's goalkeeper to give Verona and saw the ball the ball in. All he went yeah. for it. it reminded me actually, sadly, of Walter Zenga at yeah, the nineteen ninety World that. Cup. It was it, it had the it had the ear of that. So, but yeah, no, I mean a pulsating weekend and. Probably one of the least pulsating ties, but let's talk about it anyway because we're uh, under contractual obligation to do so. Our listeners know they'll get Fiorentina and Venezia chat on this podcast. So Fiorentina did a did a job on on Salernitana. It was it was not um, you know it was hardly a, a well it was a memorable win in some ways because we'll get to the most memorable part. I think well one part for. Fiorentina was, <laughs> I don't know why they even had to let VAR have a look at it, because it was no, one of the most was, clear penalties yeah. I've ever seen in the history of football. Yeah. A poor Salernitana defender went sliding in um, miles after the ball had gone, and so it was a pretty, on Arthur, and so pretty clear, one of the clearest penalties I think you'll ever see, which Beltran managed to convert, which good for his confidence. But then Ricardo Sotil, and we'll, we'll touch on this later, but players that can frustrate or, um, you know, drive you daft or whatever, produced a, an absolutely beautiful goal. There were a lot of good That's goals amazing, this weekend. Yeah. But this was, you know, I mean, he shimmied to put his defender on the ground, a bit unfortunate to slip probably, but then produced a right foot shot that went in off the crossbar and the post into, into an absolute beauty, curled into the, the top corner. That really put Fiorentina, I guess, on easy street. No, Nico Gonzalez didn't even have to come off the bench. And then Bonaventura completed the job. It did look a wee bit worried for Salernitana now. I mean, they had a, a man who looks like Olivier Giroud's long-lost brother in goals, Benoit Costil. Yeah, yeah he, <laughs> he played looked, quite well. Yeah, yeah. He did play quite yeah. well. So, I mean, maybe it's in the, maybe it's in the look. You know, because he, he made some he made some good saves. I think Ochoa seems to be out of favour 
um, which well, I suppose he, he does make a lot of saves, Ochoa, but then he does throw in, I suppose, the odd mistakes they maybe thought. And and as I say, it could have been more convincing when for Fiorentina he made one particularly good yeah. reflex save off as a deflected, a deflected shot. But it was job done for Fiorentina. Lots and lots of games they 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 done the the business during the week in the Conference League as well, and now they've got the Coppa Italia with Parma coming up midweek. So it was a tonic to get a, a win there. And they were, I think they were, I think they were pretty well, pretty well worth it, and also well worth it from all accounts. And flying high, Venezia in Serie B, Marco. Yeah, it's as we as we said at the start, it's a pretty unprecedented season because we're continuing to play well and and totally dominated the first half against Ascoli, only managed to grab two goals, but should have really been up more. And the first goal, more. More from that man, Magic Johnson, Dennis Johnson, uh, an incredible the ball coming over his head, one touch to control it, and then a back heel perfectly weighted into the path path of the Viking Geetker. I can never say his name properly um, to to finish it. Um, but then it it was it was a frustrating game because we so we were so dominant in that first half, and then we let in. Our, our reserve goalie Bertinato made a cock up at the start of the second half, and that gave Ascoli hope. It obviously caused a bit of panic in us. And you know, in the second half we just weren't as fluid. We did have chances on the break, but they had a, they they had a lot of the ball. I wouldn't say they had a lot of chances really. Um, but then at the end, the, the, uh, the Viking managed to managed to seal the point. So yeah, top of the league. Most importantly, we're now, uh, you know, we're we five points because Como won today, so we were still five points away from third place. So, um, and did it all without the main man without Paul Paul Paolo. Paolo. Yeah. I think I saw was he sitting in the stands with the fans or something? I think I yeah, saw yeah, a picture and of him. There. Yeah, he came onto the pitch at the end, but he he was there looking uh, very chic. As as he likes to do on his Instagram, um, but yeah, no, we, we have got a bit of a. Stri- I was actually saying to to my dad who was watching the game with, you know, normally January you'd be thinking who are you going to sign here and stuff, and I'm not sure where we need to strengthen that much in in the team. I would maybe say maybe a central defender for squad purposes. Yayelo came back in that game. He's like a new signing because he offers a huge amount in midfield. Uh, and maybe another winger as you know for squad depth but i wouldn't you know assuming we can hang on to everyone um which i would hope we were able to do if we're at the top of the league then i don't think we need many reinforcements that come come january no i, I mean i saw your your tweet celebrating that first goal and i thought either it's a great goal or it's a great score at Scrabble because it's some name. That I know. Keep, 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 keep it takes me ages to tweet because I can yeah. never remember how. To... No, no, and rightly so. But as I say, you had at least three eight-point letters <laughs> yeah, in that exactly. name. So you know, if ever you play Venezia Scrabble, he must be. I mean, you have got a lot of good names to be fair. Yeah, but, but he he should surely be right up there as the top. But I mean, yeah, no, it looks it looks encouraging from all all things. And then, you know, Parma had to huff and puff yeah. to get a, a, a Another late, late goal. Yeah. A late own goal yeah, this yeah. time, I think, uh-huh. wasn't it? To get them through. Barry, who we fancied, or, you know, Como put one over on them. So Como maybe, 
you know, maybe they were right to get rid of Longo because they certainly they look like you know they've put a lot of money in. It looks like it's looks like it's paying off. But at the moment, you know, Venezia certainly the form team by any by any yeah. measure. And as you say, that it, it looks if you can do that without your talisman in the team, that does that does bode well. I mean, Ascoli granted not the not the greatest team in the division, but just the same to, to be beating teams convincingly now is, is a good, is a good, good thing. And long may it, long may it continue. Yeah. It's, it's very another tough, different. Yeah. We've got Cremonese next week away. So that's a tough game because I think they're sitting in fifth or sixth or something. So, um, yeah, there, that'll be a tough game, but then we do have a couple of games coming up with teams towards the bottom end of the table. So, you know, it's looking pretty good for this first half of the season, and it'll, I suppose other teams will strengthen, and you just have to see how how you write. Yeah, it yeah, out. yeah, yeah. No, it, it's given a very different feel to the podcast. That's what <laughs> that's I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. It's, people be perhaps a little confused, but well, let's finish off with something a bit more miserable then. And the the um, the the draw for the Euros yep. was was made, and I mean, I think we could probably do a separate podcast of you and I moaning about why on earth were Italy in pot four for this draw but it is what it is they were in pot four you know the okay one of the top 10 teams in the world are still on ranking anyway but amazingly happened to be in pot four it's whilst, ludicrous whilst it, teams you looked at, at pot two and it could have been you know with no disrespect to those teams but they're more Teams you would expect to see in pot four, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, which which would be fine if then if they just swapped them around, that yeah, would have yeah. been fine. But it was just the inconsistency of it, and I mean, I think I, I don't know. I read somewhere that it was meant to be done on the record in qualification, but Albania's record was literally like one win more. That you know, it was like if Italy had won one game that they drew, they'd have had exactly the same record. I, I genuinely don't know. But anyway, uh, having said all of that, that. It was what it was, and it was almost a guarantee that Italy would create the group of death, really, because to have the reigning champions yeah. as one of, as one of your bottom seeds, it was a stick on certainty, and and so uh, with with sort of was it sex noises in the background <laughs> of the <laughs> draw or something, yeah. you know, very very odd and very distracting. But anyway, re- regardless of that, it was Spain, Croatia, and. Albania, which, I mean, not the toughest draw, and, and given that, you know, I think third place teams get through, there's always that old traditional Italian way through, but, you know, it looks a pretty, looks a pretty tricky one, and there were certainly other groups, <laughs> England, that, um, that looked a fair bit easier. Yeah, England, Portugal, and is it Belgium? The, the two at the end, anyway, and England mm-hmm. were all noticeably... Uh, smoother sailing, it looked to me, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I read, I read some very uh, strange comments from um, a group of Italian fans that I'm in on Facebook, seemingly very pleased with the draw and saying that these are all winnable games. But we've only beaten Croatia once in our history, and that was in <laughs> 1942 or something. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. you know, they always give us difficulty. Spain always give us difficulty and they're a good team. I don't think they're the Spain of the past, but we're not the Italy of the past at the moment. No. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough draw. Uh, you know, three teams do get through. We do play Albania first, so I think we have to, you know, the the pressure is there to get a good result in that game. 
and then you can carry that momentum on into the into the Spain game and hopefully um, get something from that. Um, but yeah. The Euros, I think, always throw up much more difficult groups anyway. Yeah, generally. yeah, so. they do, they do definitely. I mean, I, I, I feel that you know, I was thinking this today that I quite like Italy to go back to what they used to do and and really give Spalletti a kind of mandate to experiment at this tournament and say, look, yeah. the world, the World Cups, what we're focused on. We, we know, I mean, in a way, and this is a stupid thing to say, but I'm the man to say it, <laughs> is that maybe winning the Euros was a bad thing in a way for the development of the national team. Because I think we were at such a low ebb, we thought everything had been cured, and actually there were still a lot of underlying issues there. Whereas I, I'd be happy if somebody said to Spalletti, look, go into this, try... Lorenzo Luca, try the yeah. next generation. Find us the team that will be good. Well, find us a team that will qualify for a World Cup first of all, and and you know, and take it from there. So view it as a you know a four year project rather than a two well or a three year project rather than a one year project, and and put in the kind of sticking plaster players and you know, go for it that way, I think. I mean, hopefully not embarrassing yourself in the in the process. But, you know, I think there are enough good young players there. Um, you know, without, we've spoken of this before, and not throwing out the, the baby with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. And if there's still people who can give something that are older players, then keep them keep them in there. But, you know, I'd say, like, right, just go for it, the Euros, with, you know, more, more outlandish choices, if you will. And, but, with a view to who'll be a player in in two years' yeah. time, and I think that would be, I'd certainly be happy with with that because I think the chances of winning it again are pretty slim, you know, the, on the on the players that we've got. But there's there's enough hope there for the future if you did plan ahead that that you could. I'm not saying win a World Cup, but you could at least um, qualify and have a decent tilt at going. Yeah, and going I, deep I think into it's, the tournament. it's very. I think it makes a big difference if you can take younger players, you know, get them the tournament feeling, bonding as a group, all of that sort of stuff is vital. And we we have just had, over the summer, big success at the youth level. So, you know, maybe it is the time to try and sort of bring these players through. They've obviously formed a group. Let's try and keep some of that group together. Let's try and... And keep players like obviously Barella, Chiesa. You know, there are some players that you're yeah. going to keep in the in the squad as well. But mix yeah. these these young players in as well, as you say. I think it could be beneficial. But I don't know it being Italy that that is what. No, be. I don't think so. I think it, but the, the pressure will be on to get a result. You know, to not go out tamely in the in the first round. So I, I guess you know that will not happen. But that's what I'd like to see happen. I mean, worrying signs from. Worrying signs from France, where Gigio Donnarumma yeah, produced another yeah, clangor. Yeah. Yes, another clangor to clatter a man. It's just his form is is dropping off a cliff at the moment, which is a worry because he was, you know, he was one of the star performers. I mean, I say a worry, but I do think there's a great crop of young Italian goalkeepers there, or young and not so young goalkeepers in, in behind them. I mean, there's the Vicario, obviously, but even, I mean, I'd be having a look at 
the Monza goal Di Gregorio as well because mm-hmm. he's you know a good good merit still strong so you know as I say it's just Donnarumma that's a a bit of a concern but you know hopefully he can return to the form he was in but yeah I mean it would be great if, to think that they would say to Spalletti you know this is a, a longer term project but I think we all know in truth the knives will be out if they, a draw with Albania and he'll probably be sacked and that'll be the <laughs> end of the that'll be the end of the project you know but um, aye, a tough a tough tough group uh, as you say but you know hopefully he's got a bit of time now I mean th- thankfully really that he won he got us through without having to go through the playoffs and yeah. everything, and that's bought him a bit of time to now get a better feel. Because you've got to think, I mean, guy was pretty quickly parachuted into that job, so it'd take time to get um, his style. And he has shown in the past, certainly with club sides, that he can get them playing attractive football. So hopefully that is what he can muster. And then, you know, as you see, Spain, not the Spain that they were, but still a strong side and still. You know, I don't look forward to that game because I feel it could be another one where you just watch the ball being passed around for 90 minutes and then eventually there's one goal to put the game out of its misery. And Croatia obviously are a a team in transition as well. They've been, you know, there are a lot of old stagers there that are now at the tail end of it. But, you know, they never seem to have any problem producing um, good young players as well. So, you know, I think that will... I think you're right. Just all the teams that I mean, eh, the breakup of Yugoslavia was bad news for Italy in football in terms because it just created a whole lot of teams that are very difficult. Yugoslavia was always a difficult, yeah. and now all the teams that made up Yugoslavia tend to be quite difficult for for Italy to play. And Albania also be a that they'll be fact, a tough team to beat. I think, that's yeah. especially that first game. That's yeah. the thing is you know if you get a, I always think you get a and I'll do the air quotes, a smaller team early on in a tournament, that's their final almost, mm-hmm. if you will. I mean, not not to look down because they could well progress in the tournament, qualified, they'll write and, you know, got every chance of, of going further in the tournament. But, you know, that first game will be a big, big game for them and they'll have everybody fresh, presumably everybody good to go. Whereas later in a tournament, you can get these teams where, you know, maybe they'll throw in reserve players yeah. or they'll have picked up injuries or they'll have picked up suspension so I would expect a tough battle in that the, just the order of the games as well makes it makes it quite quite difficult but at least they're qualified so that's a that's a positive and hopefully we go from we go from there indeed indeed anyway that probably brings us to you know even there we weren't too pessimistic <laughs> we really need to we really need to go and take a good long look at ourselves or getting this is this podcast getting far too getting far too cheery we need to give us a give us next week's Roma Fiorentina so that undoubtedly um, you know Mr Mourinho will have planned out some mind games to to win that one so no doubt I'll be I'll be grumpy by then but um, hopefully the Venezia run can continue and at least one of us can be happy but folks if you've enjoyed listening and uh, as I say and this refreshing um, breath of fresh air of optimism that's in the podcast then please like and share and let people know because that's how we get to more we get to more ears and we'll be back again next week with more of the same nonsense and we'll speak to you then <laughs>